1: Thank you for your presence today. We've all experienced times when what we say or what someone else says to us is misinterpreted. That's human nature. Not so with our sovereign God. He made us and he knows us intricately. Therefore, he knows just how to communicate his will to each of us. Through the indwelling Holy Spirit, we clearly hear and understand God's instructions. How we respond is up to us. The outcome of our response to God's instructions is up to him. Listen closely with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us. Jesus said, My house shall be
2: called a house of prayer. And there ought to be some praying in the house of God. Prayer is the key. And we'll be speaking more about that next time. And Father, we pray that you help me now to preach your gospel with clarity, with authority, and the power of the Holy Spirit, magnifying your name alone, knowing that without you we can do nothing in Jesus' name. And all God's children said. Open your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Jonah in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verses 4 through 10. Uh, we, we used it all for the last several weeks, we've had the whole text on. Just turn to the text and you'll be seeing some verses we'll be focusing on in that particular passage, the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 4 through 10, and you just kind of leave your Bibles open, and when I turn to other scriptures, just be prepared to, to turn there, if you will. But I want to preach once again, uh, as we did last week, revival comes to Nineveh, revival comes to Nineveh. And then last week, we even defined revival. What is revival? Just a slight review of, for the sake of those who weren't here and for your learning and grasping. What is revival? Revival is a spiritual reawakening. Revival is a spiritual reawakening from the state of spiritual sluggishness. Sometimes God's people get spiritually sluggish spiritual stagnation and dormancy in the life of a believer. Revival is a spiritual reawakening from a state of spiritual sluggishness, stagnation and dormancy in the life of a believer. It is a fresh move of God's spirit among his people. Revival is a time of spiritual refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord To reawaken his people. Revival is a time. Of spiritual refreshing. That comes from the presence of the Lord. To reawaken his people. In Acts chapter 3 verse 19. It says repent therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You know what revival is. Revival is having our hearts rekindled. With fire from above, it is having our hearts rekindled with fire from above. Elijah could call down fire from heaven because he was on fire for God. You know what a revival is? Revival is a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit through which God calls His children back to Him. Revival is a supernatural outpouring. Of the Holy Spirit through which God calls his children back to him in Malachi chapter three, verse seven, it says, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them Look what God says through the prophet Malachi return to me. And I will return to you. So many of God's people have drifted from God, wandered from God. And God is even saying today, return back to God, says the Lord Almighty. Revival is about God's people returning back to him. Uh, we must desire personal revival if we want to experience it. You want revival. You have to desire to, des- to desire it. If you want to experience it, allow me to transition at this time. How do you know when genuine revival comes to your life? How do you know when you have genuine revival? Uh, Number one, genuine revival comes when there is a deep inner inner searching of one's own heart and life. Genuine revival comes when there is a deep inner soul searching of one's own heart and life. In the text, Jonah chapter three, verse six, the word of God reads, then the word came to the king of Nineveh and he arose from the throne and laid aside. Now, this is the king laid aside his royal robe there, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. This is the king humbling himself. And then in Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24, it says, search me. When was the last time you asked God to search you? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Truth be told, even God's people has wicked ways about ourselves. I personally believe that the king of Nineveh in this passage sat in ashes He stripped himself of his royal clothing. He was doing some serious soul searching and grieving over his own sins and wicked ways. This king of Nineveh, hearing the message from Jonah, he was not the least bit concerned about his royal palace. He was not concerned about his royal chariots. He was not concerned about his royal horses. Or what other kings in the surrounding nations would think about him as he sat there in humility in ashes. When was the last time, church, you did some serious inner soul searching before the Lord? Identifying anything that is wicked within you. And then when you identify those things that are wicked and sinful, Then you specifically name those sins individually. Then you renounce them. You reject them. You repent and plead the blood of Jesus over those sins for personal spiritual cleansing. Now that's what repentance is. That's what revival is all about. Let me just say it again. Revival and repentance is wrapped up In this, it is a serious inner soul searching before the Lord, identifying anything that is wicked within you, specifically naming the sin, whether it's cussing, uh, lust, sexual immorality, being mean, anything else, renouncing it, gluttony, greed, uh, repenting and pleading the blood of Jesus over it. For personal spiritual cleansing. I can only imagine that Jonah was astonished when the unexpected happened. When he preached he wasn't attacked. He wasn't scorned. Jonah was not mocked, ridiculed. Nor did he receive death threats from a people who had no regard for human life. The king and his people covered themselves with sackcloth. As a symbol of their deep contrition, their deep remorse, their deep self humiliation, these people, they cried out mightily to God and they turned from their violent and evil ways. When we hear the truth about ourselves, like the king of Nineveh and his people, we too need to humble ourselves and face the truth about ourselves as individuals and as a nation. America has a whole lot to repent of. Why don't y'all say amen? Only when the king was convicted by the preaching of Jonah did he realize how vile and wicked he was and his nation really were. He had, he became aware that Nineveh was a bloodthirsty, corrupt nation who did not care about her depraved uh, spiritual condition. Number two. How do you know when genuine revival comes? A true sign of revival is when we are ever so aware of God's impending judgment toward our wicked behavior. A true sign of revival is when we are ever so aware of God's impending judgment toward our wicked behavior. Isaiah chapter 13 verse 11 says, I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sin. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty. And will humble the pride of the ruthless. The king of Nineveh knowing how wicked he and his nation really were. Responded favorably to Jonah's message from God. In hopes that he would change his mind from his fierce anger. Which would cause Nineveh to perish. You say how do you know that? Because of Jonah chapter 3 verse 9 which says. Who can tell? Perhaps Even yet, God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. That's serious about God and what he could do.
1: God created us in his image and gave us a perfect world in which to live. In addition to that, our once great nation had God's favor because it was founded on In God We Trust. Consider the world in which we live today. Men and women seek what is pleasurable in their own eyes and have turned away from God. Satan is wreaking havoc on every turn. Lives are continually being destroyed because as a nation, we refuse to acknowledge what is blatantly before us. Listen to the word of God as Pastor Rander continues.
2: How spiritually refreshing it would be If God's people today would respond as favorably to the preaching of the word of God as the king and the people of Nineveh did. Many cannot receive the word of God today because they get their best sleep in church. Uh, Many can't get revived today because they are reading text messages in church. They're thinking about what they're going to do after the worship celebration. No wonder there can't be change and revival in the church. Many in the church, they ignore and suppress the word of God. They, they hear the word of God and they assume it's for someone else. Oh, Ecclesiastes should have been here today. You know, I'm just making up that name, name a book, because that that message had his, his name all over that message. But when, when you hear the preaching of God, it's for you. It's not for anybody else. You come to hear the word of God for your own inner personal soul searching so that you would have a right standing before almighty God. Stop looking at other folk. It is me, oh God, standing in the need of prayer. You know why people don't get changed and transformed? They critique the gospel message instead of critiquing themselves according to the message. They make faces to show their displeasure to the word. And some even walk out on the word when they disagree, which is a blatant rebellion. And it shows no reverential fear and respect for God and his word. No wonder the church is not as strong as she should be. Many churches in America are weak and anemic. Many, many churches are mediocre. They're just having uh, liturgy. And they're going through the motion, but no change, no salvation, no excitement, no energy, no enthusiasm. They just do it out of a sense of duty without a relationship with almighty God. Now, that was review. OK, now here's the new insights for living. He said, what in the world? The, the older I get, the slower I go. Because all of us need to be deeply worked on from within. Thirdly, God's compassion is moved through genuine revival. God's compassion is moved through genuine revival. Jonah chapter three, verse 10 says, when God saw that they, uh, what they had done and how they had put a stop. Look at the underline that how they had put a stop to their evil ways. What if America did that? What if San Antonio did that? What if Washington, D.C. did that? What if the deep state did that? He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. God had compassion and withheld judgment on the Ninevites when he saw that they repented and turned from their evil ways. Beloved, when you have truly repented, You will confess your sins and put a stop to your evil ways. Those who continue in their vile conduct and rebellion are destined for judgment from almighty God. Beloved, what have you recently been convicted of to repent and to stop doing? Is it lying? Have you ever been convicted to stop stealing? What about greed? Have you been convicted about jealousy, hypocrisy? What about a judgmental spirit? You're the judge of everything. What? Uh, what? What about hatred? Hate is evil. It's damnable. It's ugly. Uh, have you ever been convicted about racial prejudice? Who of a different race and ethnicity have set? At your table or sleep in one of your beds. Who of another ethnicity are you friends with? Stop saying you love everybody when you don't display that love toward everybody. Oh, look how quiet it is in here. Oh, y'all. If y'all there say amen. And God made us all. We are all descendants from Adam and Eve. We are all wonderfully and fearfully, creatively made by the hand of Almighty God. When the last time you've been convicted of sexual immorality, having sex with someone you are not married to? Sexual intimacy is for those. Who have said I do and they have a marriage license to prove it. You get license for dogs, license for cats, license to fish, license to hunt. Where is your marriage license? Uh, you, you, listen, woman, don't let that man breathe in your face and lay all over talking about I love you. If he can't get license, he don't love you. He's messing over you. Same, and men, same thing. You love me, marry me. Put a ring on my finger. You don't love me that much. Move on. You're not going to mess my life up. And I'm in 20 years of recovery. Playing with your foolishness. (laughs) Abortion. Rampant in the land. Millions of babies being aborted. We get so upset when a dog is harmed. And and when a cat is home and we save the tree and we save the bird, but who's saving the babies? Who's saving the babies? There has to be life in the womb before there can be life outside of the womb. I thank God my mama didn't abort me. Had she done so, she would have been aborting a gospel preacher, and I would not be preaching to you today. Thank you, mama. When last time you've been convicted of drunkenness, you say, I'm tipsy. You're not tipsy. Tipsy equal drunk. (laughs) When last time you've been convicted of addictions, opium, uh, legal medicines, illegal medicines, and they legalizing marijuana and all this stuff. You know, I don't know why they legalizing all this stuff. We got enough craziness in this world. We're legalizing craziness. When the last time you repented over gossip and bitterness and, and self-promotion and a divisive spirit? When you come, here comes trouble. When is the last time you've been convicted of being rude and insensitive to your husband or your spouse? Telling them to shut up. You, don't ask me that anymore. Leave me alone. I don't want to be bothered. Wait a minute. You didn't say all that when you were courting. You wouldn't be married if you did. Some of y'all still ain't married. You ought to be gentle to your spouse. And I'm gonna tell you, you teaching your children to treat their spouse in the future the same way. They learn from watching you, mama and daddy. They're not crazy. You need to be kind. You need to be polite. Forget all this equal rights stuff. Because I tell you what, it has its place. But now equal rights can go too far. You say, what do you mean? I I believe my wife still want me to open the car door for her. I think she still want me to pull out a chair. I think she still want me to treat her like a lady. You know, I'm not going to tell her to take out the trash. I'm, I'm the man of the house. I'm going to take out the trash unless it's just something unusual. Unless I, she just know I'm so tired and overslept the garbage man is just about passed by. And she said, that, that's one tired man. But otherwise, I'm taking out the trash. You knock on the door at night, I'm answering the door. Honey, go answer that door. 11 o'clock at night, you sorry man, you better get up and answer that door. Where's your protectiveness about your wife? You got a bad attitude. Won't even speak. Send messages through your spouse. Texting each other. Because you won't talk to each other. And some of you angry. Just angry. And you're talking about no wickedness in me. That whole list is is a wicked list. Walk around angry at the world. Angry because that person cut in front of you. Well, another one is going to sometimes God allows those things to happen to test your spiritual maturity. If the gospel of Jesus Christ has not transformed your life, you will incur the wrath of God, not experience his mercy, his compassion, and you will not experience his salvation. My friend. Number four, another sign of genuine revival is when there is an inner longing To worship in the house of God with the people of God to the glory of God. A sign of genuine revival is when there is an inner longing to worship in the house of God with the people of God to the glory of God. Sadly, numerous churches are declining in membership and attendance because many, there are so many in the church who say they are Christians do not think it is necessary to attend a local church assembly, which is against the teaching of scripture. They are many who say and profess that they are Christians. They are content to have their own little worship in their homes by listening to the radio and podcasts watching church on television and YouTube uh, and live streaming through the internet just to name a few. Now let me qualify some. There is nothing wrong with any of these mediums, but they are not a substitute for coming to the Lord's house on the Lord's day to worship with the people of God to the glory of God. Beloved, God's word does not change. I say it again. God's word does not change and you should not ignore it to accommodate what is convenient to you. You should not ignore the word of God. It tells us specifically to go to the house of God to worship with the people of God to the glory of God. You say, where is that? But I'm so glad you ask. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 42, it says, and daily in the temple. Now underline that, underline that. Don't tear don't, 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 don't that page out your Bible. And daily in the temple. They were look, they went and worshiped every day in the temple. And many of you can't get here just on Sunday, not to mention Wednesday. And daily in the temple, and in every house, they did not cease. Teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. You say you you don't have to go to church. And what about Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25, which says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. Underline that and let us not uh, neglect our meeting together as some people do, which includes some of you, by the way. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return, whose return? The Lord's return is drawing near Psalms 84 verses one and two and verse four. It says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's whole armies. I long, verse 2, I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord with my whole being, body, and soul. When you worship God, it's, it's the totality of who you are worshiping him. I will shout joyfully to the living God. What joy for those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. See that in the Bible? Uh, uh, here's another one, by the way. Psalms 150 verse 1. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Yes, you praise God in your house, but praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. And I love Psalms uh, number 122 verse 1, which says, I was glad. Lord, God, thank you. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord.
1: When we disobey God, we set the stage for our impending destruction. God is our only hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We must walk by faith and not by sight. We must obey God and look to the hills from whence cometh our help. And where does our help come? It comes from who made heaven and earth. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas 78109. Directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.